and author. When I was four years old was when I decided that I wanted to be a meteorologist. Living in a trailer park in, in Kentucky, my father was stationed at Fort Knox at the time. And I had seen a weatherman on TV telling people about the weather. And then I had ran outside of my trailer park and I just started knocking on people's doors and telling them what the weather was going to be. <laughs> so I got really excited. And um, I think my mother said before that time I wanted to be a clown. I, I don't remember that. <laughs> but yeah, you know, after that point, I, you know, I just got in the head that I wanted to be a meteorologist. And so that was kind of the, the big goal, the big dream that, that carried me through. Um, and then when I spoke with Ray Boyle and the chief meteorologist for ABC, he dropped the idea of Hawaii in my head. And so those two things kind of just, you know, went together and they just, they pulled me along. So I noticed, by the way, uh, you, you, you write more epic fantasy than science fiction. I can't say too, like, I, I took maybe a two-year detour from my fiction to focus on nonfiction. And so the last couple of questions that you asked about um, the biggest disaster in my proudest moment, I have a lot of disasters. <laughs> I have tons of them. I mean, like, really bad ones, too. Like, stuff that's just like, you know, your, your mouth drops open. So, I mean, I think a lot of people can connect to that. And I think um, that's probably what sets me apart um, and makes me unique. In, in my own way. So, yeah. um, you know, I, I wrote a book, you know, a self-help book, Think Smart, Not Hard, which was my most recent book. And so now I've kind of changed gears and I'm really going off into diving back into fiction, you know, full on. So I have several projects that I'm working on. I think, I'm going to say something here, I think based on what I read on your bio, uh, that maybe, and you, you'll correct me if I'm wrong, uh, moving Hawaii could have been part of your own self-help journey, because uh, it looks like you were trying to get away from stuff. Um, I would definitely say that. Uh, you know, I had the idea of going to Hawaii in my mind. Um, it was actually put there from a mentor that I had. Uh, his name was uh, Ray Boylan. He was the chief meteorologist for ABC in Charlotte, North Carolina. And I had met him, I had done some reading on him, and he told me that he had went to the University of Hawaii. And so at the time, I think I was in sixth grade when I met him, somewhere around there, fifth, sixth grade. And that's when I decided that I was gonna go to the University of Hawaii. So for, for the next six or, six or seven years, um, you know, while I was living in, in Charlotte, you know, I had that seed planted in that kind of um, location of where I was headed. Hawaii 
Hawaii has the biggest national web service, um, at least at the time it did, um, in the United States. So it had, it had a really good, you know, program in meteorology. Um, you know, there were other schools, other schools, you know, I, I guess you could say better schools overall in terms of academics, but it did have a really solid uh, meteorology department. And, and that's part of the reason um, that I decided to go. Did you miss anything about the old Hawaii? You know, it's hard to say. I mean, I've been here now for, I guess, 25 years. So, I mean, there there is a, a big difference uh, from when I first moved here. Um, but I would say, you know, because I live in the biggest city on the island, I live in Honolulu. So there's, you know, almost a, a million people in the area. And there's only about like 1.2 or 1.3 million people that live on the whole island chain. So we were pretty high urban density. And if I, if I had to compare it to a city, I would say maybe Kobe, Japan would be very, very much like Hawaii in terms of the location and, and the scenery. It, you know, of course, it's more tropical here. But it's still beautiful. But I think most of the change occurred here probably in the 60s, where you had most of the sky rises uh, that were, were flying up. And so you, you had a big change to the uh, landscape. So, you know, now it's like, even though we have, maybe in the last five years, we've started to have a lot more I guess high-rise development in the Kaka'ako area. It's it's always been kind of a big city, especially in terms of urban density since I've since I've moved here. But the thing that I like about this island is that I can stay in the big city and then I can take a 20-minute drive across the poly and then I'm I'm in much more rural setting, much more scenic area. You know, Lanikai Beach is just right there and so there's a lot of beautiful places here with the urban area. And I, I do like the city. So, I mean, you know, I know there's a lot of people and there's a lot of culture here and the word for uh, land and, you know, they call it the Aina here. So there's a lot of cultural things that are attached to it. So I understand that there is uh, concerns about harming the environment or, or changing the environment too much. And so there is a lot of resistance to that. But I like I like both. I like the, the, the urban area. I like the convenience. And then I like, you know, the more rural aspects and, you know, being able to, to get away and then just relax. Yeah, I'm with you there. For example, when you, the way uh, Chinese cities and probably all Asian cities are built is there's a dense population area. And then unless you're in one of the mega cities, it's pretty easy to, even by bicycle, uh, get away from the city part and enter in a place where uh, there's, there's forest and uh, natural trees. And they also have this aesthetic of combining the two. And I think Hawaii, at least when I see Hawaii pictures of Hawaii, the helicopter view of Honolulu, they have the same idea. Yeah, I mean, you know, I was just in Taipei not too long ago, and they had the same thing over there. Uh, and I go to Japan all the time, and it's very much very similar. Each of us has a diverse set of talents. So what's that special something that you are best at? You know, I, you know, I have, I guess I have a lot of issues with that that question I, I guess the biggest one is talent the word talent you know how much of something is talent and how much of something is um desire and skill and hard work and i think you know best and perfect i mean they're they're unattainable goals but i can say the things that i'm working on the things that i'm trying to develop on those desires and that work that i've put in are probably communication you know being able to tell a story inspiring people and i think those different things work well in the different kind of 
gears that I that I work in, you know. So I'm a teacher, I'm a scientist, I'm a writer, and I think all of those things require the ability to communicate and tell a story and inspire. And I think they they feed into each other. And I think that's why I've been, you know, drawn into to all of those things. So I think, you know, they're very much related. Uh, they have their own different facets, but it's something that I'm never going to be best in or perfect in. And I'm okay with that. I want to get better because I want to communicate better. I want to be able to inspire more. Uh, I want to create more and hopefully provide some value to people, engage people, and maybe even inspire them to do the same. How do those things support each other? Sure. Um, well, I teach science, <laughs> and I'm uh, I've worked as a scientist, right? I mean, I've I've published a peer review paper, worked as a research meteorologist, and so I've had to communicate as a scientist. I've had to do interviews as a as a scientist, and I have to do the same thing as a teacher. And my background in science is very fertile ground for writing science fiction. <laughs> So, yeah, they all, they all tie in and it, it all really comes into being able to create a story and you just have different ways of telling the story, different ways of communicating the story. You know, when you teach students, uh, you have to communicate with them and that forces you to think about how you're communicating and, and, you know, the words that you're using, the vocabulary that you're using. And the same thing, you know, when you're communicating to the public, you know, a scientific idea you have to communicate it uh, in a way that's not uh, too dumbed down, you know, that doesn't um, generalize what you're saying to the point where it's inaccurate. But at the same time, you want to communicate uh, in a way where they can understand what you're saying. And I think at the same time, you want to inspire too, right? You want to inspire the public and in, to buy into, you know, the, the particular thing that you're working on. You want to inspire students to learn, you know, even if it's not the particular subject that you're trying to teach them. Um, and then you're trying to, to inspire the reader, you know, to buy into the story that you're, you're telling them, whatever that is at the moment, and, and to buy into the characters that you're giving them. Um, so communication, being able to tell a good story. Now, I think they're all related. And I think the science gives me the background, at least a background, a platform to work from, to build into the details and the meat of the stories that I write. If you enjoy listening to Sci-Fi Thoughts, but find it difficult to remember to Check the website for new shows. Get this technology from the future. Install into your phone a podcast player. Using this, you can subscribe to our podcast feed. And next thing you know, you'll be cruising around in your car with your phone plugged in, playing sci-fi thoughts, or you'll be out there jogging, or you'll be doing whatever you want to do and have your ears plugged into some cool science fiction programming. You can find instructions on lancerkind.com. Next episode, we hear more from Roy Huff. But I've always been an optimist. And I've always, you know, sci-fi has always been an outlet for that. And so the sci-fi I liked is, is one with an optimistic uh, vision of society. So I, I tend to take more of the Star Trek as opposed to Star Wars kind of a thing. Tune in next week. <laughs>